<laughs> Welcome to another week of Black Atlantic. I'm Hillary. This is Clinton. This is going to be, I think, a weird episode, but we're here. Uh, we're here. Yes. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, just hit that subscribe button. Hit follow us. You can find us on all your streaming platforms. Huge shout out to our audio listeners. Uh, and yeah, just uh, if you like this episode, if, if, you know, if you don't like it, like, like, leave a comment, leave your thoughts. And um, this week we're going to talk about the show. <laughs> we're going doing today what's okay. happening we've just been to to everyone out there we've just been chatting it up for like a half hour before the show and uh just, it's just blowing off some steam yeah um are you okay are you, are you coming back i'm great i'm just confused I've... i was gonna say what we talk about this week but then you interrupted me with our own intro Please, so now you ahead. can tell people what we're talking about i i don't I'm not trying to steal that from you. You can go ahead. I'd no, kind of my... I don't want to anymore. Okay. okay. Well, this week we're going to be talking a little bit about Hillary's week as well as my own. I had a crazy, crazy week. <laughs> Here's the effect that I wish someone could do for us. Um, we're going to talk about the tale of two sunken ships. As you all know around the world, um, Maybe. A, a sub going to view the sunken Titanic ship um, imploded. What you probably don't know is during the same week, 800 here, we're going to be talking about a tale of two sunken ships, uh, an officer involved in a shooting of a black man in Newfoundland, our favorite man we love to hate, Blaine Higgs and the cabinet shuffle, and wasn't there... I was going to briefly mention some pride stuff. That was really it, though. Well, that's what I was talking about with your week. Um, yeah, so. that's it. I feel that's like starting. Week. Is that Okay. Uh, clearly, you are on a roll. Clinton, tell us. How hyper. Is it this has your week been? <laughs> my week has been quite hectic, to be honest. Uh, it hasn't been my first rodeo uh, for what I'm about to describe. I've been a business owner for over 12 years for this kind of business in, in this province of New Brunswick that I live in. Uh, I used to have a business in the mall, and believe me when I say I've encountered every kind of person New Brunswick has to offer. Um, so, uh, I own and operate a salon spa and we have employees, obviously, uh, just for a frame of reference, I think in 2022, we probably performed, you know, just under 8,000 services with multiple employees and, and, and the like. We have, uh, an immigrant employee who escaped a war in Syria, uh, watched his family members be bombed and, uh, you know, he's he's now here and i hope you wouldn't mind me saying this but while he is an amazing stylist um he can be shy and timid at times he had a client last week uh he's new to our salon uh he had a client last week and as happens in in human and service-based businesses something did go wrong with the service um now skipping all of that um the client had a complaint the client was upset. The client contacted us. We offered to remedy the situation. We offered resolutions. We understood the problem with the hair, and we could have fixed it in about 45 minutes. Uh, also, the client wasn't satisfied with the cut. We all understood what the problem was there, and we offered to blend it. The client didn't want to be with the same stylist. No problem. We have a policy where if a client doesn't want to be with the same stylist, one of our other stylists will step up and offer to help assist with the, uh, the situation and no financial benefit to themselves. The client didn't want to come back to the salon. That also happens sometimes, even though almost all 
salons in Canada have a no refund policy for services because if we can fix the problem, we want to and we will. Um, in the end, we did agree to a partial refund for this client. The client agreed, thanked us, accepted the refund, said they would consider coming back. However, instead, moments after, this client uh, decided to take to social media and start to blast us. This became a huge debacle because the client posted on six different, uh, you know, Moncton and New Brunswick-based groups in which drama is the point of these groups, you know, hit or misses, news chaser, even mama chats. The client posted all over their personal page as well as filed a complaint with the Better Business Bureau uh, and tried to actually get this stylist's license revoked within the province of New Brunswick because she wasn't happy with her hair color. Now, for anyone listening who knows about this situation, it is absolutely a client's right to be dissatisfied with the service, with the resolution we offer, uh, and even with the partial refund we offer because she had no show charges on her account from a previous file that she had created with us in 2022 and didn't show up for services. It is the client's right to leave a negative Google review. It's even the client's right to go on a site like Moncton Hit or Miss and leave a negative review, as long as she tells the truth. However, this client went all over social media, lying through her teeth, um, and incited a mob attack against our business. Uh, and that is where the problem lies. Uh, some people on these posts and comments, uh, and people who are replying, uh, I mean, were clearly speaking out of internal biases and racism, because before they even heard our side of the story, they were judge, jury, and executioner uh, sentencing us to, you know, metaphorical death. Um, people make mistakes. Uh, I know every salon has stylists in which they made mistakes, and I've never, I don't, I never see outrage like this. This has happened in my business multiple times. I've never seen a someone try to re have a stylist's license revoked because they weren't happy with the hair service. Uh, thankfully, the Better Business Bureau sided with us. They considered the case to be closed. But this became a debacle that has just spread all over the place. And it's crazy because, uh, you know, when is something racist? When does someone have an internal bias? Are there racist people in this province? And if there are, if it's shown that they are, uh, when is it appropriate to call it out? 10 years down the road in history? Uh, I'm sure people, when racism occurs outside of where you live, it's really easy to categorize it as racism. However, when it's happening all around you, um, it's harder for people to acknowledge it. No one likes to hear the term racism. No one likes to hear the idea that they might be acting off internal biases, but we have a history of experiencing this. For anyone, for, all the, for, the, for the hundreds of women who are commenting on this and don't seem to understand, if a woman ever encountered a man and she felt she was being treated differently by that man because she was a female, but she couldn't prove it because the man didn't literally say that they were treating her differently because she was a female, yet she had a lifetime of pattern building and experiences to be able to to determine the difference between being treated a certain way and being treated a certain way because that person was a, a female, a born female, um, they would recognize that. And I, I, I know multiple women who, who relate to that scenario. And it's the same thing. Um, this client, when speaking to uh, our young 
light-skinned female in the salon was very pleasant. Uh, and as soon as the client had to speak to me, even the stylist themselves said the entire demeanor changed to intolerance, uh, hatred, disgusted look on the face, this, this idea that I was dirt under the client's boot. Um, anyways, this thing ex exploded. Uh, exploded all over Red like Reddit and TikTok. And I guess my point is it's crazy because we have screenshots of people making racist comments and then backtracking saying that they didn't. We have people who work for the correctional services facilities of Canada uh, trolling us, making Reddit groups, saying horrible things about us. They've now been reported. We had a young... and uh, A lot of males, so again... I'm bouncing back and forth, but we had a male call our business and leave a one minute and 14 second rant about how we are crooks, we are horrible, we are pieces of gar garbage, of shit, um, you know. The entire city of Moncton was coming for us because of uh, Moncton's 20,000 news chasers followers. We kind of better beware. And, you know, this person hopes that we all lose our homes. Um, if this isn't a metaphorical lynching, an attempt to like burn us to the ground, because you know you can't hang people nowadays. No problem, Hillary. I'll see you in a moment. I'm almost done here. I don't know what is. I don't know what is. So to anyone who sees this, to anyone who's been following this nonsense, um, it's okay to complain. It's not okay to lie. Um, it's okay to give your opinion on a situation. It's not okay to lie. It's not okay to use an internal bias and look at me or look at my stylist or look at the other person that owns the business with me and just assume that we are horrible people. You have a bunch of racist people who have been trolling us for 10 years that keep hopping out of the shadow anytime any little thing happens and they rally this bandwagon of getting everyone to team up and attack us. Now, I feel like I'm leaving stuff out. I, I don't have the documents. I'm just going by memory. Um, there was a woman from Fredericton who was saying, like, our children should be taken away from us, which is kind of like a, a colonialist type of attitude. Like, so she, that person can go all over the internet and cause drama for us, but if we speak back, if 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 we are being abused and we talk back, there, there are a lot of people out there that don't like that. Bullies don't like to be bullied. Racist people don't like to be called racist. Now, again, the client had every right to complain. Complaining about a service gone wrong is not racist. It's everything that happened after that that this, this all became about. Um, so the person that works for a car dealership here in Moncton, unfortunately, was not smart enough to block his phone number and he called from his business cell phone so you know now he's being called out now the, the person from Fredericton who's been trolling us all week she's being called out and it's just become this big debacle I've had a crazy week uh, I'd like to maybe make a blog about it or talk more about it in detail to talk about like what modern day racism looks like no one's gonna call me the n-word no one's going to actually burn down my business no one's going to put a cross outside of my my business and no one's going to lynch me that's me knocking on wood. Um, but modern didn't day sound lynching. like wood. It sounded more like metal. Could you find another surface? <laughs> <laughs> modern day, modern. Okay. My, my point is that, you know, the modern day lynchings and burning down of businesses in 2023 aren't going to look exactly like that. They're going to look like what happened over the past week. When people of color mess up, there is an internal bias that forces, uh, whether they're aware of it or not, that forces other people to treat us differently in the exact same scenarios. 
as they would people who look like them. And that's the main point. And people who want to hear these words will hear them. People who are absolutely refusing to not hear these words don't want to hear these words. Um, but that's really the big takeaway. Like, there is a double standard in the way people of color get treated in businesses in this province, and that's it. And again, I fully support a client's right to complain about a service. No one is perfect. We do about 8,000 services a year on average, and mistakes will be made. When mistakes are made, we will, just like any other business, reasonable business, we will work to fix the solution, and we will operate within the parameters of our business uh, to fix the situation and just what happened in the past week has happened to us multiple times over the years we used to sit down and shut up and take it uh, read the advice of our franchise or lawyers but uh we don't anymore and that's it being in the service business does not mean that we are in people's servitude and that does not mean that we do not have the right to defend ourselves and stand up to abuse that was my week, Hillary, and uh, it was a crazy week, and uh, it's not the last time that this is going to happen, but, I mean, to anyone who doesn't understand why we have made the choice to not just sit down and take it in the metaphorical butt, um, that's why. We're a small business. We are human beings who have a right to, when being lied about, speak truth. Speak truth to the madness, the madness, the mass attacks on our business. Uh, the client, you know, posted Google screenshots of our business, like call to actions, right? Like this is similar to, this is similar to the Capitol riot in the sense that one person, uh, and I will say, and I hope you agree with me, <laughs> women have a power in society that they are aware of, that if they, they cry wolf, if they cried in a certain way, if they do the damsel in distress mentality, if they choose to utilize this power, people will run to their aid. And women with light skin have an even stronger power. And that is why so many black people throughout history have been murdered and hung uh, and brutally killed from the lies of white women. This is similar to the Central Park things from a few years ago, and it's it's similar to it is similar to Emmett Till, only in the regard that even if they are lying, people will instantly believe that person's story uh, to the detriment of other human beings. That's. I definitely agree. Let me let me start let me start by saying I felt um, during the whole your whole week because I was the one who mentioned to you that I saw a friend reshare the like bad hair job i was like have i am i the villain did i start the drama but i feel like you probably would have found it that's um that's a a TikTok audio reference not the i didn't really start the drama uh, but i did feel mildly like um not implicit but i did feel like a little bit bad when it started to blow up so aggressively but i feel like you probably would have found the complaints on your own um what no no i'm no i'm not I'm, we so when someone takes to social media of to course. make a complaint like this mm -hmm. i've already dealt with it i like right. i've almost always i've talked to the client multiple times i offered resolutions i possibly offered a refund or a fix and 
uh, especially this client who thanked us and said that they were satisfied and then took to social media six minutes later to call me a bitch. No, no. Like, even while we were discussing whether or not we should partially refund the client, me and the mm-hmm. young stylist that was with me, she's like, she's, she, I'm not going to pull anyone else in here. But we were literally saying, like, we know from experience that this client, no matter what we do, whether we offer a refund, don't offer a refund, fix it, don't fix it, we had a pretty strong feeling she was going to take to social media and blast us no matter what, just because of the way she was behaving when she barged into the salon after agreeing to a fix uh, and interrupted services demanding a refund. And we told her we'd call her back. And we just knew, we said, no matter what we do, She's going to attack us. So, no, no one started anything. And by the time these posts came out, I already knew it was going to happen. So, no, no one is, no, we, I always know about it. I, I turn off my notifications for stuff like this, but I always know about this stuff way before anyone else. Because anyone who is reasonable and logical, if we've made a mistake, they will contact us and we will find a way to fix it. It doesn't get to social media. It's not like they just went straight to social media. Um, Because if they did, and if I found out about this from social media, I would have contacted the client right away and said, can we have a discussion? I didn't know about this. Why didn't you call us? And then we talk. So, so yeah, you're not responsible for anything. Well aware of it by the time, by the time you messaged me. Fair. I guess like, I think that like the big, the big takeaway from all of this, I think for a lot of people. So like the few friends that messaged me and the people that I think what I think seem to be a consensus of what people don't understand is that a lot of this mob mentality comes from how easy it is to gang up on people who don't look like you, people who don't are the, you know, the same as you people who you view differently, whether that is male, female, racial bias, whatever it is. Cause I think a lot of the people messaging me that were confused were trying to understand how it immediately went to racism and like obviously one you can't tell a racialized person whether they're experiencing racism or not like it's sort of it's the same thing of like you can't tell someone else i didn't hurt your feelings it's your feelings to have hurt or not it's you like the, the racialized person to experience the racism you can't really choose how someone takes whatever slight or aggression micro macro whatever happens it's on the person receiving that to decide how they're going to take it and I don't think a lot of people understood that there seemed to be some racial bias from the start with the customer because a lot of people were reading all of the comments disjointedly and just didn't understand what was going on but like Obviously, I'm on your side. <laughs> I'm on your side. But, um, and I just also agree about the damsel in distress comment, too, that like it's very easy for one, people to gang up against racialized people. And secondly, it's also, yeah, it's super easy for women in particular to sort of say anything and be able to be very manipulative in that way uh, as someone who has done that. Not to mob up against other people, but it's like anyone who's like, oh, I'm so sad, buy me a drink or buy me anything or. I exist, <laughs> serve me. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, men have always had a much bigger power over women in society. And so I believe women have had to find their own ways to to amass power. Uh, and I mean, it is, I, I use the same example. Like, I, I feel like I've talked to many women about this and I feel like women kind of know when a man is treating them differently because they're a female. Can they prove it? No. No, they can't. Unless the man says it's because you're a woman. Sometimes you just know. Sometimes that's what the brain does. It, it builds up patterns. And again, um, 
racism is hard to prove nowadays because people are covert and they know that they can't do that. But in the world of social media, I mean, everyone kept saying you guys are being unprofessional. But what does that even mean in 2023 when social media exists and you can have one person be responsible for thousands of people ganging up to attack you? I mean, like, how is it unprofessional to respond to abuse, to call out abuse? I mean, before we move on, and I, I'm very passionate about this this week, um, I support a client's right to even go on a, a Moncton Facebook group like Hit or Miss. But like, here's what you write, like, big miss for Le Salon Dieppe. I went in for services on Friday, and the color and the cut was not what I wanted. I called them on Monday, and I wanted a refund. Turns out they don't give refunds. They offered to fix the hair, but when I thought about it, I decided I didn't want to go back to the salon. So I went in and I asked for a refund, and they refused. They, but they said they'd call me, and in the end, they gave me a partial refund. I'm still not satisfied with this resolution. I feel I should have had a re full refund, and I'm not happy with my hair, so I don't plan to go back there. But Go ahead. I'm not going to like hearing that. I'm not going to like what people say about that, but that's honest. Um, don't go all in caps, like, buyer beware, stay away from Le Salon Dieppe. They completely ruin your hair. They refuse to give refunds. They won't help me. They spit on you and they slash your tires. Like, F off. F you. Like, that's, no. Like, thank God we have 13, 1,400 five-star reviews on our business, so I can at least put that there and be like, Okay, this client had a bad experience. Take that with a grain of salt. Balance that against our actual reputation. And then make your own decision if you are a reasonable person. I don't Fair have enough. the words to properly... I don't, I don't profess to be a scholar. Um, <laughs> my partner has a lot of videos on TikTok, Tribeless Outsider, or even on Facebook. Um, she did make a video outlining this really well. Uh, people shared it on Reddit. Uh, people were criticizing her, calling her racist, but all she was really doing was calling out racism. Um, if you want to look that up, Tribeless Outsider on TikTok, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> Well, she's just she's really well she does a really good job at explaining the situation again and really explaining what I was trying to get at is that the client leaving a bad review that's not the racism that's not the racism it, it's it's the way this was handled it's the way it exploded it's the way there was a mass online mob attack it, it is some of the comments that were made and it's the way that uh, businesses of color in New Brunswick do get treated differently than other businesses that's all Maxwell meowed in agreement. So there we Amen. go. Amen. Yes. It's done now, right, babe? Thank you for the allyship, Maxwell. All right. Um, let's move on. Let us know what you think. You probably, if you are in Moncton and you, like, I know that if you live in Moncton, you heard about this. So if you hear, if you hear this and you want to make any comments or give any feedback, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to share our video saying how much you hate us? Please go ahead. Just yeah, get the likes up, get the clicks up. <laughs> you, you don't like that idea? <laughs> Please, please, you know, do whoever's listening to what you want. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, I get it. I mean, people have a right to their opinion. Just don't bring your racism. Go ahead. I'm done. No, it's good. It's good. I'm sorry that. Well, I'm sorry. Hold on. But I forgot. So, how was my week in comparison? How Great. was your week, Hillary? I was Friday. gay. <laughs> I was gay. <laughs> um, it was pride here. I only wanted to mention briefly, and I should have looked it up in advance, and I didn't, um, an artist here who connected with me through our second ever guest, Bianca Pilar, um, mm -hmm. 
uh, an artist who I met through her, invited me to an event. So it was a pride exhibition called Gile de Queens, which is about um, an honoring of Black African queens. But um, the men in those tribes dress like the women. And so if you were to interpret it as drag, how does it bolster this idea of pride, Black queerness, African queerness? And so um, Destiny Adelakun, I hope I'm saying that right, took this idea and did a whole photo shoot around um, Black men dressing like the, the queens of their tribes. Um, she had very interesting like headpieces that were made. One that was like called Hands Up and on the headpiece that was a head, they had tiny little hands in protest against like police. And then they had one that was the fetishization of hair that had it all adorned, but like shaped sort of like genitalia. It was super interesting. Very cool. It's um, if anyone from Toronto is listening, it's in the St. Lawrence market that I did not know had an art gallery on the second floor if you use the elevators. Um, but it was super cool. Um, she talked about some of her like experience with loss of children and like queerness and all of these different things. I met her, I said, hello. Um, and it was absolutely wonderful. Um, it was the only black related pride thing that I knew was implicitly happening other than block Um, and other than that, I was, I, I said I was gay. I'm always gay. I wasn't any gayer. I didn't kiss any women or anything. I just danced a lot. Um, I wore nipple pasties with hearts on them that were pride flagged, but I also have a boyfriend now. So it was weird holding a man's hand as a woman while trying to be like, gay, <laughs> but, uh, everyone was just like, do you girl? And that's the, that's what I wanted. That was I, my weekend comparison. I, I, I'm glad you had a great pride week. Uh, I was going to, I was going to tease you on your Facebook post being, when you were like, don't worry, I'm still gay. <laughs> I, I am. I don't think anyone was worried about that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, it's a very big, not to like sidetrack. Unless you're talking to your crushes, right? Well, or... no, but like, it's a very big thing that like within the queer community, if you're in a straight presenting relationship, they will actually say that you are not as gay. And it like causes a lot of internal turmoil because now you're, it's like, it's like being a white passing black person. And the fact that you can sort of skim through life, I could go around just saying I'm not gay. And so to me, it's very important to still say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not just an ally. I am one of these minorities. I like to kiss girls or trans people. I like to just kiss people. Don't hate me because I'm now with a man. Because it, it, apparently it's very invalidating to very gay people in the community. Is that contradictory? Because can't you just love anyone? Why do you have I to do. prove? Why do you have to prove that you're... I don't have to, but I wanted to. Why can't a bisexual person date a man and not be... I'm not saying, like, do you feel criticized or do you feel like you're doing something wrong? No, I Personally, I don't, but I've, like... Some people have that viewpoint. A lot. I think that there's a lot of, like, lesbians and gay men and maybe trans people in the community that see bisexual people or pansexual people who are in straight presenting relationships as less valid as less gay and it's like an actual big conversation there's a lot of like that's why there's like a bisexual visibility day and a lot of people speak out about like i might be dating a man but that doesn't mean i'm still not gay and like that this isn't a part of me like it's a thing 
absolutely. It actually reminds me of a story I heard in the news recently where uh, a refugee from a country in Africa who was trying to claim asylum here for fear of facing prosecution uh, if sent back to his home country uh, was denied because he, while he identified as either bisexual or, or something, something that would get him killed in his home country, he was in a relationship with a woman. And so the committee reviewing this um, declined his claim for asylum here in Canada. And I believe he's being shipped back because he wasn't acting gay enough. Like, I mean, so how, like, I, so I hear you, I hear what you're saying. And now if he gets deported, there is a chance because he openly made this claim it gets traced back to him and and he is now murdered because so he's being punished even if he's bisexual uh, which could get him killed in his home country he's being punished for this because he's with a woman so what you're saying makes sense in that context completely and wow that's i mean i hope i hope that like i think i what i talked about probably two or three weeks ago my my moment with justin trudeau but actually with rainbow railroad they would be the organization to actually try to step up and help save this man's life and actually get him to continue to seek asylum here so i hope that that does happen but yeah that's exactly sort of my point especially from a place where i continue to talk about queer rights and like i just interviewed normani the only black drag queen in new brunswick and like i don't want to speak out about these things say that i'm queer then someone sees me with a straight white man and goes um excuse me i think not and then i have to be like no 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 trust me (laughs) trust me but it's also one of those things where it's like how do you want me to prove it like do you want do you need me to be like in the middle of hooking up with a woman how do you want me to prove it like just trust i in my heart I'm a little gay. I see such parallels with like being an intercultural, interracial, yeah. whatever you want to say, person, and like having those statements like, "Oh well, well you're not really black, or you're not black enough, or if you don't act a certain way, then you're yeah. not black, and if you do act this way, then you're actually white." Like I like we have to prove what we are. We can't just be people. We can't just yeah. uh, like depending on the groups we hang out with. Like that determines who we are. Uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I see a lot of parallels between that. That's yeah, that's wild. Okay. Anyway, so that's why I made the little joke. Um, I get, but yeah. it was a great pride. It was lovely. Um, that's it. Um, speaking of the, the the refugee and the value of life itself, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd like to move on to the next topic because this is still a topic being shared worldwide. It's a big deal. It's a really big issue. Um, as did I start talking about this earlier? Yeah, if you don't if you don't know this, you you definitely were living under a rock. Um, so the Titanic is a ship that sunk years ago, about 700 miles away from the coast of, uh, I guess, Nova Scotia. And this company, Oceana, they do tours uh, in which billionaires and very rich people go four kilometers under the ocean to view a wreck. Uh, I don't even May think I- they can... Yeah, May I just say they did tours. Anytime. They did one. <laughs> That's no, it. <laughs> I thought this was no. the first one. No, absolutely not. Okay, so this is a, a submersible. First of all, water is heavy as f. Water is very heavy. If you've ever tried to carry like a four-gallon jug of water, some not jug, like a yeah, four-gallon jug of water. Water is heavy. So when you're underneath four kilometers of water. 
very heavy down there. So these billionaires and very rich people, they, you know, for research, they spend $250,000 to go four kilometers under the ocean to look at a ship that sunk a really long time ago. Um, in 2018, uh, people within the submersible industry cited numerous problems with the construction of this vessel. And in fact, previous passengers of these trips have also complained about or said that there were problems every time they went down there. Um, anyway, last week, the ship went missing. They had 90 hours worth of oxygen, which didn't matter in the end because the ship imploded, it, probably in a matter of microseconds. The, former, the people didn't even know what was wrong. Uh, but this was a global news story. I believe in the end, $8 million worth of taxpayer money was spent investigating 10,000 square miles of ocean. Not only is the ocean <laughs> wide and long, it is deep. So there's you're looking for a tiny little thing. Um, and it is a sad loss of life. The people, five people inside this ship died instantly. Um, should they have been down there? What's the point? It's a tourist trip. There's all these other questions. People, um, there's all these memes across the internet as well as comments about, you know, why are people not being sympathetic for these people? And then arguments, well, billionaires have the ability to like feed the planet and yet, you know, they value life so little and all these other things. But what wasn't in the news was a separate disaster taking place on the ocean at the same time that the whole world was obsessed with the five people that went missing, including billionaires. A refugee ship traveling from Libya to Italy sank in Greek waters last week. Uh, there were 800 human refugees on this boat and unlike the submarine that went missing and everyone was instantly looking for it this ship had been sending out a May Day for seven days straight citing that their ship was having problems before anything was done about it and as you can see from this website uh, that I have up here for the visual watchers there were even helicopters observing this boat sending out the May Days before the boat actually sank. It took seven days for the Coast Guard, I guess somewhere between Italy or Greek, to respond. And in the five days that followed, they didn't rescue the people. Uh, I understand they may have policies of not wanting refugees come to their country, but that's a violation of United Nations law, and these are human beings. And 700 of these 800 people have drowned and they're at the bottom of the ocean and they're dead because our western society doesn't value that life we couldn't care enough to to rescue these human beings we couldn't care enough to invest any amount of money at the time to save them and it, it just set a stark contrast around the world of what is the value of human life um is someone's life worth more money if they're rich? Is someone's life more money if they are Caucasian? Um, it seems like the answer is yes. Uh, I'll let you chime your comments in, Hillary. But um, how, how can we let 700 people who could be easily rescued at a cost of less than $8 million in taxpayer money 
um, from sinking to the bottom of the ocean when they are just fleeing a country of oppression to try to avoid being killed and end up dead anyways, how could the value of life be so different? It's, uh, and how could the news ignore this while focusing so... Why does the news ignore stories like this while focusing so much attention on a little sub that went missing while going to see the Titanic, which also had a flaw in its construction and allowed it to sink as well? It's, uh, I'll, you, you can my thoughts it. aren't kind. Um, <laughs> my thoughts are, I think if you were to poll the majority of society, or, well, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I would like to think that the majority of people would have rathered the, the 800 people be saved than the five ultra-rich in the pod. Now, the majority of society does not control the media. It does not control the resources. I think all of the people creating memes around the fact that the submersible was you know, controlled by an Xbox controller. The fact that they were using the bathroom in like a Ziploc bag contraption, despite being ultra rich, et cetera, et cetera. Those people clearly, I think would have had a preference over what happened. I think the reason one was in the news more than another outside of, um, the like outside of the inherent biases around, refugee stories versus the ultra rich. I think that you, you have a few things working really well for this Titan story. You've got the history of the Titanic. You've got all of the people who were outraged that there's even some, like, I don't think people knew that this was happening because so many people were outraged that people are going to see the sight of so many dead people on the Titanic in the first place. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that for the for the simple fact that the entire world is a gravesite of many people. We live on one actively and this isn't our land. So to say that it's like sacrilegious and horrible to go to the Titanic is like saying it's sacrilegious and horrible to walk through a field. We live on burial ground of many dead. And so I don't know that I believe that. But I don't know that those people who were upset about the Titan going in the first place were necessarily on the side of dumping all of the resources to try to save those people. I think that the story worked really well because you've got the history, you've got the fact that a lot of people were up in arms about the fact that the ultra-rich have been doing this, that they can do this. I don't know how many people wanted the ultra-rich on this submersible to necessarily be saved. Not saying that anyone wishes them ill will. I don't. But had I had a choice over where to put the resources... It would have been with the refugee boat. Now we've recently also discussed how racist Italy and Greece are as a black person who just went. Uh, are we surprised about this outcome? I'm not surprised about either outcome. And I don't really wish either outcome. But I'm not surprised that like a boat of refugees went missing. I'm not surprised that the world shrugged. I think that like the other issue at hand, not issue at hand, but like the other thing working I guess against that story is that this is happening all of the time and it's just more sad news about more war the black people colored people BIPOC people racialized people are going through and no one just seems to give a fuck and no one really wants to help but by golly gee we've got some white people trying to make history view history now we've got a story and I think that that's like the other thing at hand is that it was it was different it was shiny and different and a new little news story. But like, both are sad. 
You're so spot on. You are so absolutely spot on. It had all the elements of a sensational story. And while the news is not based on fiction necessarily, I've always maintained that the news is just entertainment. It's entertainment. It's, it's, It's sob stories. It's happy stories. Although we know that the sob stories always gain more traction and get more attention. And uh, yeah, this does happen all the time in Italian and Greek waters because you can blame the people of Libya for not being able to manage their own government, but there's always factors uh, when you have a country with natural resources or oil in which governments are going to be destabilized because people want to go in and take that stuff. I actually am not a political scientist. I don't know exactly what's going on in Libya. But yeah, this happens a lot because people are fleeing for their lives. And what I'm getting at is what I think you were saying. There is a complete lack of empathy for people who look like that. It's built into us from childhood. We, are, we blame them. We say it's their fault. It's their fault that they're on that refugee ship because of something that they did, because they weren't smart enough to have a a secure country, because they can't manage their own country, because they're savages, because they're unintelligent. It's their fault. However, if billionaires get lost underwater, and I mean, the thing is, should they or should they not be going? It's really dangerous to go down there. It's really dangerous to go for kilometers under the water for every 33 feet of water you put on top of your body that puts an extra 14 pounds of pressure on top of you so someone divide 4,000 meters by 33 at times 14 to figure out the amount of weight that was on top of their bodies from going down there and I know James Cameron did it to like the Marianas Trench but it's really dangerous and I don't, I don't want anyone to die. I know the Coast Guard is going to respond no matter what. That's their job. It's similar to like if someone decides to climb the Rockies or a mountain and gets stuck and taxpayers have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go rescue them. I mean, who should foot the, foot the bill? Yeah, rescue them. Rescue them. But who should foot the bill? It's one of those things. I'm just going to be perfect. I'm going to be honest. I don't have sympathy. (laughs) I don't want anyone to die. I have no sympathy. (laughs) Like you are ultra rich that you have one story. One of the sons of the um, people in the ship still went to the Blink-182 concert because he knew his family would want to be there. Like you don't. I just, I'm trying so hard to be politically correct. However, there are ultra rich people who could be saving lives, like you said, who could be feeding the the hungry, who could be helping the poor, who could be helping the disenfranchised, who are policymakers, decision leaders, who just have a ton of money and are so bored, they're going to give $250,000 to go down into the water. I just, I don't want anyone to die, but I don't feel sympathy about this at all. And I, I think I was only going to add to your point go, about go, like, go, 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 go. um, like refugees in those stories i think that we're also just so desensitized to it it's not only the fact that like we might not implicitly feel sad about people of color because we're blaming them about their government or we don't know where to put the blame but also it's stories that we hear all the time we are so ingrained to just normalize war happening in other countries because it's a faraway place and we don't know those people and we're not educated on the realities of those lives that it's like oh it's happening over there and oh that's sad and then we flip to the next 
TikTok, real news channel, whatever. It's just something happening to someone else over there. So it's so much harder where it's like we can be angry at the ultra rich about this thing again, making it more sensational. Or we can feel sad if you're a white man who <laughs> felt represented by the people in that boat. But there's just so much more going for that story because we're used to hearing about this yeah. in terms of like the refugee boat. I guess the question is why and how do we become so desensitized, right? Like, again, and, and there is that blame placed on the people on that boat. It's their fault. Similar to, like, when a black man gets shot, um, it's so easy for it to be just that black man's fault. It's always the black man's fault because we've been so desensitized for it. And it's even hard for you and me to get deeply emotional about it because it just happens all the time. And that does take a toll on the human spirit. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, so hard, hard pivot. <laughs> um, uh, do you want me to go ahead? Screen. Yes, this is, you take it away. Yeah, so I had not heard about this until I was looking up things to discuss, but uh, apparently uh, over a week ago now, um, a poli police were involved in the shooting of a black man in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, his name is Omar Mohammed. He was 38 years old. Um, his friend said that, you know, he was a very quiet guy who believed in other human beings and believed in people. Um, he's from Sudan. His friend met Mohammed in 2014. Um, and both of them arrived from a refugee camp that was happening in Ghana. Um, the CBC article basically says that Mohammed couldn't find stable long-term housing in the months leading up to his death and was living in temporary accommodations in the West end of St. John's. Um, he stayed quiet and collected recyclables for money and that his friend felt that he was depressed, which I understandably so given these circumstances. Yes. Yes, um, and then apparently what happened was the police were looking for Mohammed, who was wanted by police for breaching court orders, but it's not clear if officers were attempting to arrest him on a warrant when the shooting occurred. He has a record of sexual assault and assaulting a police officer, but his friend said he didn't know Mohammed to be violent at all, just that he needed some help. Um, and then there's a lack of information that leads to rumors um, about uh, all speculation about what, what's going on. And, and this was said by Sabaya Shaikh, who is the anti-racism, uh, works for the Anti-Racism Coalition of Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, so it's unsure how the shooting happened. Um, from my understanding of the article, like there's still going to be an investigation in that, like the the police themselves are looking into it, but mm -hmm. it's still very like bl fuzzy and blurry. What actually occurred to Muhammad. And we don't know. We don't know. At no. the moment. We don't know. We know a black man was shot in St. John's Newfoundland during the day. Uh, while at an employment office. Um, we know, I mean, we think we know because the media told us um, that this man was a ch forced child soldier in the Sudanese labor or war camp. So at 12 years old, he was forced into being a child soldier. I can't even begin to imagine or unpack the kind of mental PTSD and trauma that would be played. I have 12 year old children. I can't even begin to imagine the psychological impact 
of having had that kind of a childhood uh, and then coming to another country where, you know, some people have, um, you'll know this term, um, coping mechanisms. Some people genetically are just born inherently or maybe because of something that happened to them, they better coping mechanisms than others. They're able to process horrible traumatic events better than others. And other people can't, and that's not their fault. We don't know what happened. We know that this man was had a rough life and was trying to get on his feet. And we know that he was shot by the police. Um, and we don't know why. What yeah, I for, will say... I was just going to say, because I, for, I forgot to read uh, sort of the most important part, but shooting happened at 10.50 in the morning, June 12th, at the Regatta Plaza. And then one of the um, officers was injured and treated as well. The serious incident response team is investigating. Um, but they had not officially confirmed the identity, but it, like friends are the ones that have confirmed with CBC News that it was Omar Mohammed. Go ahead. Um, hopefully, if we get more information on this in the coming weeks, maybe we can write or post about it or talk about it more. But w my comment is I will say that, uh, again, due to the way the media covers things like this when it happens to people of color versus non-people of color, uh, yeah, he's got a criminal history, obviously. It looks like he's got a criminal history about more than one thing. But, uh, you know... Painted as the villain versus if it was a Caucasian person who was shot by the police and Caucasian people do get shot by the police and Caucasian people shoot other people and they also shoot the police. Uh, the media will always dive into, they'll find the nice things. They'll find, uh, you know, they would have said uh, if, if it wasn't Omar Mohammed, but it was, you know, Billy Johnston, they would have said uh, Billy Johnston. Uh, even though he was on the street, always helped out his fellow community members and was a good friend to this person and that person and was trying to get on it. But in, in this case, no, he's just a criminal who did a bunch of horrible things. And so it is not said, but implicitly implied that maybe he deserved to be shot that day. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he attacked the police. Uh, I think he, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's a sad event. Obviously, I don't want to speculate too much. Um police have a hard job um this person has a history of coming at police with a knife and i don't know what happened there i don't know why that would have happened i know that justin burke in moncton watched his friend get murdered by police and so he shot a bunch of police and even he gets more sympathy probably than this individual it's it's a story coming out of our own backyard uh, the police actually were helpful with us and our story that I started off with it to being an, surprisingly. I mean, people are saying that we called the police and we made, because of us, the person might have harassment charges against them. But I want to let everyone, we don't control the police. <laughs> we gave the police information. And if they felt that a possible crime was being committed, it's their duty to act on it. We have no authority to tell the police what to do or what action to take. Anyways, um, really sad event. And uh, a, a human being has been shot in Newfoundland, in St. John's. Uh, and he's no longer with us either. There's a lot of death this past week uh, in, the, in the news. I, what are your, yeah. I mean, what else? I don't know what else to say. I, I, I'd like more information. I, 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 I guess all, all there is to say is hopefully there will be more information coming out. I don't think any amount of violence or criminal record means that you deserve to die. Um, I'd be really interested to see, you know, what exactly happened to cause any shooting to happen in the first place. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, 
It's not as common in Canada for the police to be involved with shootings compared to America, but we're not perfect um, as a country. And clearly these things still do happen and it's uh, horrible. Um, But I hope that we find out more on the why, but I don't think that there would be any justified reason um, for this to occur really, unless it's one of like, unless this gentleman also had a gun, I'm not going to find a justifiable reason for him to be dead. Um, and not just, you know, arrested, brought to trial, whatever the case may be that keeps him alive. Yeah, that's the one assumption I'll make. Unless he was literally at close proximity and charging at police officers with a knife. Uh, yeah. And there's proof of this. I, I mean, there should be proof of it, hopefully. Um, I just would imagine that it, had it been a different individual that morning, that they may have been shot in the leg or they may have been properly detained. And that's that's the only exactly. assumption I'm going to make. Um, Fair. And that has to do with training. But yeah, okay. And this last one is yours as well. And then Very speak, quickly, Blaine Higgs. We got what are you yeah. doing? Blaine, <laughs> what are you doing? Blaine! Blaine, Blaine, I know you listen. What are you doing? <laughs> I know you listen. <laughs> um, oh. Very long story short, I'll try to summarize yeah. as best as I can from no, what I okay. think Go is it. going no, on because I here. don't really, I'm so confused. We talked about policy 713. They made the revisions that they made as a government. Then two people resigned from the cabinet. They were like, no way, Jose. So um, Dorothy Shepard wrote a letter um, to Blaine Higgs in 2021 warning that his leadership style would be like basically the demise of his government. And she ended up resigning on June 15th. Then Trevor Holder, the former labor minister, um, also resigned four days ago. Before all of that happened, Blaine himself said, you know what, Um, I think that I may um, force an election. He didn't in the end. Um, And now, basically, he shuffled his cabinet today and he dropped two ministers who rebelled against him, Daniel Alain and Jeff Carr. They will be sent to the back bench. Now, as uh, Clinton said earlier, we're not political scientists. I'm barely into politics, but I try really hard. I don't know what being sent to the back bench means, but um, it just sounds to me like everything's falling apart. They're replacing these two people are Carlton York, MLA, Richard Ames and Moncton South, MLA, Greg Turner um, and St. Croix, MLA, Kathy Bocas, Bocas. Um, so all of this shuffling, all of this shuffling, just because, in my opinion, I'm going to say this, and I know that this is really um, a dumbing down, but you just couldn't leave the gay policy alone. It's Pride Month. Leave the gays alone. Had you left it alone, Blaine? All but of the no. done in Texas and the southern states, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what a troll himself. Like, I mean, he's... <laughs> He really likes to push those buttons, right? Um, it's the ego thing. Geez. It's the it's yeah. the like I'm gonna threaten to go and force an election. Also, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift everything an around. Election. <laughs> Just yeah. a child, and don't forget, listeners. His middle name is Myron. It bothers <laughs> me every day. <laughs> I, hey, no, I, I okay. It's just such an old timey name. Like when you think about old white men in charge, Blaine Myron Higgs. Why? I I mean, I what's what's there to say? Um, it's just more from our our guy, our guy, Mister Higgs, our guy. Not our guy. Uh, obvious, big sarcasm. Come on, that's that's, that's sarcasm. 
Definitely not my guy. Um, oh my whether you're conservative or liberal, when you, whether you're conservative or liberal, or uh, Green Party or that NDP. non-existent <laughs> NDP party here in New Brunswick, that's a complete joke. Um, mm. Which is not, which does not follow the 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 policies and moral standards and upholding of Jagmeet Singh's federal NDP party. Uh, one thing that's really interesting is that provincial political parties aren't necessarily by default or by law or policy, they don't have to align with Completely, the federal yeah. party. No, I mean, I mean, I would say even that the NB liberals are not in complete alignment with the federal liberals in terms of policy, right? Anytime there's a New Brunswick election, you see the mass red of northern New Brunswick that tends to be more French, are always liberal. And then we've got our, our southern part of the province that is more English, tends to be the conservatives here. And um, no, like Blaine is, I don't, I don't, I'd like to have a chat with you, Blaine. I'd like to sit down. I know you chat with some of our friends. <laughs> we got we to gotta talk. Like, Hillary, I know you want to talk to Blaine, don't you? Don't you want to? This has been another episode of Black Atlantic. I am co-host Hillary. <laughs> It's one of those things. Remember when we were on a different podcast and we had discussed potentially having Stephen oh, Harper yes. on? Oh, yes. Very much so. It's just one of those things where, like, uh, I don't think he'd say yes, given everything that we've said. Like, sure, we should I, be unbiased, internet-tainers, news media adjacent, and we should have every, like, like in our conversations about potentially at some point maybe <clears throat> having prime minister's or, you know, heads of parties on, we want to have everyone so that it's a fair conversation, because we believe all of these people should speak about these issues. But I would have a real hard goddamn time being unbiased in my questions to blame Myron Higgs. I don't know that I could look at him through a screen and be like, fucking like i would want to fight like i would not be able to like i would it, you'd have to hold me back <laughs> you would have to hold me back i would never say no to having blame higgs on the show but i i don't actually really have much to say to him like he's i would i think it would just go back to what i said at the beginning what are you doing <laughs> who is this for like it would just be i'd just be like so this is for the Irvings. like i think i could never get past the initial being like who are you here for what are you doing See, what have you I done that's right? See, that's where I disagree. You know, as loud as the other side is, as loud as the liberal side is, which is funny because in the States, it's usually the Republicans that are the most outspoken and, and aggressive. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. And uh, I mean, this is just a reflection on New Brunswick. I'm sure he still has a huge voter base and a huge amount of support for every single thing he does and says. Like, let's not confuse ourselves here. He is representing a gigantic portion of the population. Uh, and I would not be surprised if he was elected again. So even cabinet ministers resigning or not no on it like he he knows what he's doing and he has more than probably at least 50 percent of the province's support so i hope not he's not confused he's wrong he's just not confused and i mean again, i never said he was confused i just i just i don't know i guess i want him to come on and explicitly Christian say i'm here for the white man and not for either of you Anyway, Blaine, I guess this is your official invitation on our show, and this has been an episode of Black Atlantic.